I've been in business for a long time and I've tried a lot of different systems of being organized and having to do lists and trying to be productive and squeezing every moment out. And I've had enough of that. The big question is this, how investors like us who weren't born in a silver spoon successfully investing in property to create a passive income and still have a lifestyle now? That is the question. This podcast will give you the answers. I'm George Markoski and welcome to the Positive Property Show. Our mission is to empower 10,000 people to create financial freedom through property using the Markoski method. Join us. Today we're going to talk about... Time. Time, that's right. <laughs> Got a bit of time on our hands to talk about time. That's right. So there was a philosopher called James Christian and um, he explained time like this. He said that time is like a saddleback that you're sitting on between the past and the future and you look in both directions. Because right. think about this, now, you've just missed it. Think about now again, you've missed it again. So where are we really living in? Because we don't live in the past and we don't live in the future. We live in the present, don't we? We live in the present, in the now, but the now changes constantly. Yeah, of course it does. Because just a second ago, we were introducing this podcast and that's the past. We can remember that, but we can't remember the future. Mm-hmm. So it's fascinating how the past is something you can remember and recall, and the future is something you create. True. So we've got different powers, because you can't change the past, but you can change the future. Yeah, So philosophically, um, like Einstein, for example, Einstein, he doesn't believe that time actually exists. And I'm going to explain that in a minute. That's a very interesting concept. Because, because I'd like to get your yeah. take on that because that's going to be interesting. So let me explain how it happened. So what happened was that Einstein, um, what he did, he sort of discovered the theory of relativity. Right. Right. And when he discovered that um, with the equations, what he discovered is time actually isn't constant. See, Isaac Newton, when he formulated Mathematica Principia, one of the most famous books ever in, in history. What happened was um, when he formulated that, he, you know, you saw, you he- heard the story when he was sitting under a tree and an apple fell on his head and he discovered gravity, you know, and he formulated all these great formulations on how the planets move around and why they move. And he saw the world or the universe as a great big clockwork and gears. And he said, well, if you, could, if you knew everything at one stage, you could predict the future. And he sort of thought there was a universal clock. So basically, there was a clock ticking somewhere in the universe and everywhere in the universe was the same time. That's very strange to right? think that, yeah. No, I, I thought that's very intuitive. I thought that myself. Okay. Well, I thought, well, the time for me is the same as the time for you and everyone else. But then Einstein no. discovered that time is not the same for everyone. It's actually very different. Yeah, and it's even, all about perception, obviously. Um, it's not about perception. Time actually speeds up and slows down. I could I could look at one event, right? And an observer can look at it from a different angle and that event would be different. Is, we, is that like saying, you know, time flies when you're having fun? Um, no, you, I've actually. Um, <laughs> but when you're bored, it's like going really slow. At time, pace. <laughs> time actually flies when you fly. That's the funny thing. So the faster you go, the slower time goes. Time is a fascinating thing. And um, what fascinates me about time is, I guess, 
you know, we've got a limited time at this point in time. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I wanted to go through this exercise about, you know, the average human here in Australia, they, the average person lives to about 82 years. Mm-hmm. So let's round that off at 90 because we're living People longer. are living longer these days, we're living yeah. Longer. Exactly. I think exactly. that data is a little bit outdated. Yeah. So if you were to look at an example, mm. this bowl here has got 90 gold chocolate coins. In so that represents life, this represents time. Yeah, so that's each year. So when you think about it, you know, you're one year old, that's one year. And then two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's when you're ten. And you've still got this much life. See how empty the bowl is. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty fascinating when you think about it. And if you do this exercise for yourself, you can see how many coins you've got left. <laughs> that is scary, yeah. That is scary. Mm. It is. The thing is, I don't know if you've noticed this, but have you noticed that every year seems to go faster? I have, yeah, absolutely. Okay, I've got a theory about that. And my theory is, when you're one year old, right? You've got one your whole year, life ahead of you. Well, we've got your whole life ahead of you, yes, yeah. but you've got, you've got one year of experience. So one year is your whole memories. So when you're two, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. When you're 10, it's only 10% of your memories. So obviously it goes faster because one year is only 10% of your memories. Right. So when you're 50, it's 150th of your memory. So obviously it's going to go quicker. That's why it goes quicker, I think. Well, it's an interesting theory. That's my theory. Time is the most valuable resource we have in the world because once it's gone, you can't get it back. Yes, yeah, see. Um, and, you know, people value money and materialistic things, but really, time is more valuable than anything at in the this, world. At this point in time, time is the only resources that is non-renewable. You can always get That's more money. Right, yeah. You can get more everything, but exactly. you can't get more time. Now, you can sort of get more time. Let's say, for example, you live a healthy lifestyle and you're careful, then you're sort of getting more time by having True, a healthy yeah. lifestyle. Um, however, still, it's the one resource, the most important resource we really need to know how to use properly. Totally. And that's why I guess you have to value your time and really be mindful of it and just remember that obviously the coins, they're going in the bowl every year. (laughs) And And, I mean, you might as well use your time wisely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, people are careful with their money, but really you've got to be really careful with your time and what Mm. you spend it on because, you know, what you do on a regular basis creates who you are. What gets me about time also is the concept of um, the days of the week and the time in the day, the 24 hours. That's all man-made, obviously. Of course it is, but it comes in handy because the earth spins around in just under 24 hours and it goes around the sun in 365 days. Did the ancient Romans invent the calendars okay. system. Okay. Uh, there was a pope called Julian who had the Julian calendar. Right. And then it got replaced with a Gregorian calendar back in the 1500s, 1527 actually. Mm-hmm. Now what happened in 1527, that was the average, each country changed at a different time. But to change from the Julian calendar to Gregorian calendar, they had to just chop 10 days out. So So what did it used to be? It was just slightly different because we had a leap year, the Gregorian calendar, it's much more accurate. Right. Because the leap year comes in handy. Because that's why we've got, you know, February being the leap year in every four years. We've got to make up because the Earth doesn't take 365 days to go around. It takes 365 days in the quarter. So what has to happen is that's why we've got a leap year in there. 
Yeah. So what they did is they chopped 10 days. And those 10 days, no one was born in those 10 days because they don't exist. <laughs> right? Is that crazy or what? That is crazy, yeah. It is crazy. Um, that we can manufacture the concept of uh, counting time that way. Yes. Well, um, that's right. And the thing is, um, time back in the agricultural days before the Industrial Revolution, people didn't really have watches or anything. Yeah. And they used to just get up and the sun went up and work and do everything else like that. And part of the reason um, school came out, because before that it was all apprenticeships. So, for example, you know, if I if my father was a blacksmith, my uncle was a blacksmith. And they passed down my other generations. Uncle, my other an- uncle was something else. I yeah. had two choices. I could be a blacksmith or my other uncle was a sheep herder. That's it. Right? <laughs> that was the choices I had because right. you become an apprentice. Or you could join the clergy and learn how to read and write and things like that. But you were very limited to where you could travel. Because as a peasant, you couldn't travel very far. And there wasn't many occupation choices. It's funny enough, people in those days had a lot more time on their hands. Because they didn't have a clock, they didn't have to rush. They took their time, they were very relaxed. Funny enough. Yeah, I guess they didn't measure it as much as we do. They didn't measure it at all. So we've got clocks on our iPhones these days, um, constantly our days are just getting busier and busier. They didn't measure time at all because they didn't have a watch. Yeah. Right? Because before that, to have a watch was very expensive. And they used to have the pocket watches. And it was quite fashionable if you had money to have a little pocket watch. Yeah, like a sign of wealth. And you had a little Mm. chain on it to make sure you didn't lose it. It was worth (laughs) a lot of money, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, like the Monopoly man, his little monocorn is a pocket watch. (laughs) And the thing is, though, once the Industrial Revolution came around, they needed people to be able to get to work on time because if you got ah, a so if you got a factory right. and you got because um, what they discovered was let's say you're creating making um making an object making a pin and it takes one person one day to make it because he has to first do one thing then the other thing then the other thing but if you divided that job into 10 different jobs and each person just focused on one thing only you could up the production by quite a bit Right, which made a huge difference. So us being a capitalist society, uh, we have to really measure time and keep an eye on it because time equals money. It's amazing how here in the Western world our view of time is different. See, when I went back, because my parents come from Macedonia and I went back there and I've been there quite a few times now. I went back there and my cousins go, come over for dinner. I go, what time? They go, doesn't matter, just come over. (laughs) And for me, it's like... Oh, you want to plan out your day. I, I, want to, you want to, I, want to, I want to know what time I have yeah. to go for dinner. But they are saying, just come over whenever. It doesn't matter. How so, could you live like that? Like, do they just hang around the house all day and they look, don't really look, care? Um, there's something beautiful about the way they live, though, because when I was there, um, it They're took me a while. very chillaxed. It took me a while to get into it. But yeah. I was fascinated. It's changed a bit now slightly, but I was fascinated mm-hmm. that, you know, I had to post some postcards off and I went to the post office and it was closed because it was siesta time. Right. Wow. So, yeah. People just closed <laughs> and that was it. Right. And in the middle of the day, they just closed for two hours and go for sleep. <laughs> so unproductive. What? But what a lifestyle though. Because yeah. I'd walk down the, the mall, and this is like ancient, this is the old ancient city of Auckland, which is 1,200 years old, and there's, there's still old cobblestones from over 1,000 years ago. Wow. You'd walk down there, there'd be some cafes, and you'd go, oh, how are you going, and sit down, and then you go to another cafe and sit down, and before you know it, the whole day's gone, you've been very chillaxed. Took me a long time to get into it, like, take me a few days, but once I get into that mode, it's so relaxing. 
then I get back to Australia and it's like, go, 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 go. go, go. go. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows who's got it right? You know what mm. I mean? Because you've got different societies differently, but the capitalist way of thinking and the um, the Western world is all about time and being on time and time is money and being Well, I guess that's why the Western world is more prosperous. Uh, obviously, they make more money as a country because they really got it down pat with training people in school, with being on time, you know. And getting people productive. You look at the Japanese, you know. Mm. They're up early, like, you know, say early bird, crack catch the dawn, worm, yeah. crack a dawn. And, <laughs> I mean, and they've got this thing, I don't know what it's called, but people actually work themselves to death and die. Wow. And I saw a documentary on it. So, you know, we've got this whole 40-hour work week and everything else like that. And Most I, people have two jobs these days as well. So oh, you know, it's, everyone's swapping uh, their time for money. That's and right. And you know what? I don't think it's a very fair deal. No. I I, I think I'd rather have time than money, mm. personally, because that's a much better resource. We've grown up in Australia in this sort of system, so I guess I'm very time conscious. And I've only recently taken up meditation, and I found meditation to really, you know, give me that time because... It's 10 minutes a day. And even 10 minutes a day yeah, is hard. it's hard to fit in. Like, Very hard. Now, that's just crazy when I know. you think about it. Why I would guess you- um, that's why a lot of people struggle, I guess, um, with fitting in time to work out, time to eat healthy. I mean, everything takes time bit by bit out of your day. So it does take effort to be conscious of that time and use it to the best of your ability. Exactly. And the thing is, you've got all these um, new ways of doing things, getting things done and how to get be more productive, how to squeeze more out and everything else like that. And I don't know if it's very helpful because, you know, there's a thing called multitasking. I don't believe in multitasking. I think it's just stupid, you know, because I think you're better off focusing on one task at a time. And being good at well, it. Multitasking is not really true. All it is is switching gears over and over. Yeah. And you're much more productive by batching things out and doing one thing and then doing another thing. Yeah. Um, thinking that you can multitask, it's not true. What I really thing. like the concept of is outsourcing. And I find that that is helping my productivity and my time as well. Because um, if you learn how to outsource, you can leverage your time a lot better and spend time doing what's more important, what's going to fulfill your life and your goals better. Absolutely. And look... The author of the four-hour work with Tim Ferriss. Yeah. Um, um, he's a he's a bit of a genius. He's really good. And when I met him and had dinner with him, you know, um, he was sort of saying to me, "Well, you got to work more than four hours." <laughs> <laughs> but what he meant by the four-hour work week is you do four hours of what you don't want to do, right? What you have to do, but you still got to get your passion and do something really cool. You know what I mean? And I agree with that because doing nothing is not really that good it's not fulfilling yeah as human beings, we, need, we need to be fulfilled and um i like ha- that concept of the four hour work week because you want to obviously spend your time doing what you love and doing your passion like uh podcasting for me this is fun i love it yeah you know, i'm really enjoying this and i love being able to give good content for people and hopefully you know you guys enjoy it you know, <laughs> i'm enjoying it which is a good start yeah um absolutely I've been in business for a long time 
and I've tried a lot of different systems of being organized and having to do lists and trying to be productive and squeezing every moment out. And I've had enough of that. And I guess when I'd retired at 37, that's what I'd had totally enough of it. I went complete opposite. And now I'm back into- You would have had a lot of time when you retired though. Um, yeah, I did. A lot of time on your hands? Absolutely. I had a lot of time because I was mm. retired. I could do whatever I wanted to do. It was yeah. pretty cool. It was great. I got to do some pretty cool stuff. And now I've got a much better balance because mm. I don't think doing nothing is the key either. Yeah. Right? But at the time I was working too much. I had too, much, too many staff members, too much stuff. So instead of trying to be more productive, what I'm doing now is being more selective because I'd rather create great work and do something I'm passionate about and I love and doing a really good job of it than just ticking things off my to-do list and just, just for the sake of it. Yeah, see, a lot of people, I guess, aspire to retirement. Yes, they do. Which that's, that's there's our, nothing wrong with it. But, our but whole, what's your goal once you get there, I guess? You've got to keep that in mind and not just think about the end game. I've got this old friend who he want, wanted to retire when he was younger. And he used to work as a supervisor in a factory and 70 hours a week. Wow. And any spare time he had, he'd renovate his house. He wouldn't go out and socialize with all the rest of us because he didn't want to spend money. He wanted to save it all for his future. And um, it was pretty crazy. It's like, but when do you get to your future? Do you know what I mean? Well, your future's Before not here. Before you know it, you're already gone. Well, exactly. The, th- the thing is, um, when I was in primary school, one of my friends at school, her father, um, he came from Greece and um, he opened up a fish and chip shop. And what he used to do, he used to wake up at four in the morning and used to hand peel all the potatoes. Right. And you'd get your hands wet and it's really not a very nice Quite thing to do. Quite labor-intensive Very labor-intensive, but yeah. it was cheaper than buying them pre-cut. So he, so did he that was to save trading money. his time for yes. money. So he used to do, get there yeah. really early, get everything prepared, work all day. Then afterwards, do all the work, and he worked and worked, and he was buying houses and working and working and working and working for one day to retire. And then he died. Wow, that is a sad story. And he didn't even go back to his home country for a holiday, didn't have any holidays at all, because he wasn't ready yet. He just kept going. Mm. A lot of people think they don't have time, but you need to make the time in that area of your life to actually enjoy it as well and live it because the destination is just one thing. It's a bit like you look at Olympic athletes. A lot of them work really hard to get to that gold medal. Yeah. And once they get it, they're depressed because I've heard that. that's yeah. it. So the funny thing is the most important part is the actual journey. Yeah, I guess there's nothing wrong with planning for the future also. I love big goals. I love them. You've got to obviously have the right balance. You can't plan so much and be thinking, you know, I'm going to do this when I get to this point in my life and I'm going to do that. What you've got to keep in mind is having the right balance. This is all we got, right, at this stage until we have more radical life extension, which is coming soon, hopefully. (laughs) The thing is, though, um, I... My philosophy is, I really believe this. I believe that the key is the journey. That's the most important thing ever. And you need to enjoy and embrace the journey and do what you really love. I want to tell a story about this, which is interesting. Okay. There was this um, mm. there was this executive 
um, in America, right? And he was quite successful. He went on a bit of a holiday in Mexico. And he went to Mexico and he took this little tour with this guy. There was a fishing guy there that used to go fishing. And this guy used to go and catch a few fish and sell them at the market and have a siesta and relax and have a pretty good life. And he goes to him, look, you know, what you could do is you could probably, um, you know, if you did a few more hours, you could probably get more fish, make more money, buy a bigger boat, get even more fish, hire some people, and then you could get more boats and create this whole cannery and make lots of money and everything else like that. You know, if you worked hard enough, you could be loaded. Yeah. And the guy goes, what for? And he goes, well, then you can retire. He goes, well, then what I'll be doing what I'm doing now. <laughs> so why not just, right? <laughs> so <laughs> that is exactly how he wanted to spend so, his time. So he, yeah. so he just went out for a few hours, caught some fish and spent his time exactly the way he wanted to. Now, that's successful. Good on him. You don't, yeah, have, to be rich to be, you don't have to be rich to be successful. Mm. Now, and I think a lot of people forget that. The journey is the most important part. And the thing is, because we're on this saddle between the past and the future, the only reality is really now. Yeah. The future is not real yet. Interesting And concept. the past yeah. is real, but you can't do anything about it. So, you know, so people, sometimes people use the past to beat themselves over the head with mm. and go, oh my God, I can't believe I'm so stupid. I did this, I did that. But that's not useful. You know what I mean? The past, the past, you can't change it. You just got to accept it. And move and, on. But <laughs> learn from it and move on. But the future you can create, but it's sort of like, where's that balance? Do you live for now? Do you live for the future? You gotta get yeah, that fine line there. I think you do need to um, obviously plan for the future and have that in mind, but not, I guess, work yourself to death and still try and have the right amount of balance between having fun and still working for your future. Totally. I mean, when I, when I first started thinking about my future, I started investing in property and I was working seven days a week and working really hard and I had all these properties and everything. And I thought to myself, well, what's the point? You know what I mean? Yeah. And luckily that I've worked out a different system where I could, you know, invest and still enjoy myself. Mm. Oh, and um, that was um, worked a lot better because I really want to enjoy now as much as I can while providing for my future at the same time, Definitely. but not go overboard. Exactly. You like you can't go so overboard where you're like living with your parents until, you know, <laughs> in your late forties because you're saving money for your future. But it's like, yeah, your life is gone already. So it is. I mean, time is just goes. <laughs> the problem is time goes so fast. When will enough money be enough? Like a squirrel putting away all their nuts, you know, when, are you going to have enough nuts there where you can finally go, oh, okay, this is enough. I can start my life now and do what I want to do. Or you, some people get caught in that mindset of thinking, you know, they've never got enough money to be able to start doing or what they want to do. they're not ready. A lot of people yeah. think they're not ready yet, but you're ready right now. Because I used to think that way all the time. I'm not ready for this, not ready for that, but you're always ready because there's no perfect time to do anything. There just yeah. isn't a perfect time because there's always something that's not quite right. You just got to make it perfect for yourself. And the thing is, though, I'm not saying be lazy and do nothing either, because the funny thing is, is it's the things that are hard to do that give you the most reward. That's the strange part about it is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, people that did some studies for people and people that put effort into something have a lot 
upon the memories of that, then, you know, like even building the studio, I, I, I love it because well, I built it with my bare hands and it, it's much better than just buying something, you know what I mean? Yeah, and you're willing to put the effort and the time in to do that to get the reward. That's right. If you could find your passion and put all your effort in that, the rewards will come and that's the, a really good way of spending your time. Yeah, definitely. Because there's such a, I guess, a fine line on this whole time thing. You know what I mean? It's, it's just mm. weird, isn't it? Yeah. And I guess probably the best thing to do is to really be clear on your goals and then you can spend your time working towards that and making sure you're living the best life possible that you, you want to live. Yes. So uh, listen to our podcast and goal setting for this because that's very important because I believe that... Um, to have really clear goals and finding out exactly who you want to be, what you want to be. And I think, um, me personally, I think being the best version of yourself is the best thing you can do with yourself. Yeah. You've only got one life. And I think it's much better being best version of yourself than being a second grade version of someone else. <laughs> and you really need to know who you are, what you want, and work for it. Because there's nothing wrong with working hard, but it's not about peeling potatoes in the fish and chip shop unless that's what who you are you know what I mean it's and a unless you of, really love that and get a lot of yes, pleasure out of it but that Mexican guy that goes fishing and stuff like that you know what I mean because I think if you've got the high enough goals and they wake you up early and keep you up late at night and you're really um, into the zone passionate about it yeah because being in the zone is pretty amazing what is the zone the zone is um, the zone's a state of mind that you get when you're really good at something and it takes a lot of effort physically, mentally, and every other thing, and when you put in your heart and soul to something and then time just disappears while you're doing the activity, that's called the zone. And a lot of professional athletes get that. And some artists get it, a lot of people. And when you're in the zone, that's a magical place to Is be. Is that when time flies, when you're having the fun? Um, time... That- sort of flies and stands stills at the same time. Okay, what do you mean by that? (laughs) Um, When you're in the zone, time just disappears and you're just at one there. Right, in the moment. It's pretty pretty intense and pretty exciting. And those sort of moments are pretty good. Sounds almost like being at a higher level. Well, I've, I've gone into the zone several different ways. So one way was from skiing. Right? Okay. What I did is I got a few lessons when I was in Colorado in steamboat and I did some really, you know, double diamond skiing, which is pretty hard. And you gotta have a lot of confidence and just go down that mountain. And what happened was after a couple of hours practice in the morning, I'd get to that zone where I had to totally focus as much as I could not to kill myself. Wow. <laughs> and but when you get down that, when you're going and doing that, you've got no time to think about anything. It's like a meditation. You're in this zone and you feel at one with the world. It's amazing. Yeah, that makes sense. And I get that sometimes through meditation as well. Yeah, yeah. Or okay. when I'm creating, when I'm, when I'm being really creative and using right. every ounce that I've got to get something done, time flies. And sometimes when I'm doing some creative work on the computer, I'll be stuck there for hours and hours and 
I don't realise five hours has passed. Yeah. But I've created something really good and I'm... It's probably one thing that comes to the top of my mind with um, getting in the zone and that was would be dancing. That's yep. how I would do it. Totally. And have See, fun doing that. Dancing is amazing. Because you still have to concentrate to remember your moves and the beat and everything like that. And doing it is just so fun and feeling that sense of freedom, I guess, when you're doing it. Yep. I totally agree. It's fantastic. So I'd like to... This, I'm glad we talked about this because I'd like to find more ways of getting into getting the zone. Getting in the zone. You look at the days of the week. I mean, even the Bible, they've got the days of the week, mm. haven't they, when you think about it. So it's quite old. And they say that God... God created the world in yeah, seven, what, seven days. days. Or six days and had, had a break. Had a day and, off on Sunday. Day off on Sunday. <laughs> Sunday is the Lord's Day. He was in the zone. So it's interesting how we've come to think of the days of the week as certain things and i don't know about you but i get excited on a friday and look forward to the weekend oh look usually on a friday i'm like oh damn friday already <laughs> i wish i got more done this week no, i look forward to i guess having a bit of a break on the weekend because i'm flat out during the weekdays mm-hmm. and usually i'm working until late at night to do everything i need to do look i i don't even realise what day it is a lot of the time. Yeah, you know yeah, no, I mean? I'm the I must same. Say, I yeah. like, I really, I really don't. <laughs> it know. turns into a blur, but I know when blur. Friday is because like, I look forward to it. I was shocked the other night. It was like Saturday, and I was like, "Wow, it's Saturday!" Doesn't is it? feel like a Saturday. Doesn't feel like yeah. a Saturday. That's probably because we're working. Again. I suppose, I guess, because we don't have a typical job, nine to five. Yeah. Because of that, when you're an entrepreneur, when you're time entrepreneur, is a little bit different. Time's different mm. because. I, a lot of my friends are going, wow, public holiday, can't wait, you know what I mean? <laughs> Where to me, it's just another day. Just another you know work I mean? day, really, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we can work, we can not work, it doesn't matter. I mean, I think the entrepreneurial lifestyle, and I think a lot more people are getting that into that lifestyle, is pretty exciting. But everyone hates Mondays as well, so you've got the... Well, Monday is a funny thing because, do you know, do you realise that more people die of a heart attack on a Monday than any other day? So there's a good reason for people to hate Mondays then. Well, because I guess people that aren't fulfilled or happy in their occupation and they have to go and work on a Dread Monday. the Monday. Yeah. Monday-itis. Is also, that where the saying Monday-itis came probably, from? Probably. <laughs> but the thing, the thing is, um, I suppose, you look at the way corporations work, it's a hierarchy. It's yeah. like a triangle, like a big pyramid scheme, which what it is anyway, right? <laughs> now, you've got the C on the top and then you've got the managers and you've got all the workers at the bottom, right? Mm. And funny thing is society sort of based on the triangle as well. We've really, since the ancient Egyptians, I suppose, we've always loved triangles, haven't we? Pyramid, yeah. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. the old pyramid scheme. And the thing is, what happens is, and uh, this study was done on monkeys, they did a study on uh, baboons, and depends where in the hierarchy depends on how long you live and how much stress levels you've got and things like that. So what they found is in baboons, the alpha, the top, the CEO, he lived the longest, he had the highest testosterone, lowest cortisol. And each rank down, there was more stress hormones. And in, in in a job, being on the bottom is more stressful. And as you go up, you got less, less um, less, okay, it might be more stressful, but um, you've got less stress hormones. Or you've got the ability to handle it better. Well, the thing is, I suppose, it's a different- being like a CEO, you've still a CEO, got a lot of stress because you've got to stress, manage people. But you control and... it though. 
Yeah, but the problem okay, is on the, the bottom, difference. you've got no control. You've got the stress, but no control. Okay, yeah. So having that's why being an entrepreneur is probably healthier for you and better for you. And I, I'm, I'm very fortunate because I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. So I've always been my own boss. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've, I've worked a few jobs in the past, but I didn't really like being told what to do. <laughs> I, was, I didn't like it at all. Yeah. And I just didn't work for my personality. Mm-hmm. I really... You know, when I but some people um, prefer to have a job, and there's nothing wrong with that, obviously. No, no, no. I'm like, not saying anything wrong with it, but I just found uh, for me being an entrepreneur just helped with my is, personality. It is hard being an entrepreneur. It's not easy. Like I said, as long as you love it, it doesn't matter if you have got a job or you're an entrepreneur. Because look at yeah, um, as long as you enjoy look what, what you we do. Did, look, we went to Monado Zoo. The zookeepers mm. there, they've got a job. They oh, love, they love it. it. They They're love so it. passionate about you know it. What? That is um like. They love animals. They love doing what they're doing. That's fantastic. And they get to spend their time doing what they enjoy every day. Which is awesome. And I mean, it'd be pretty awesome working in these, you know, rhinos or giraffes. I mean, pretty exciting job, you know what I mean? Yeah, And absolutely. I think the rewards of your work uh, there would be awesome, even if you don't get paid as much, because yeah. it'd be just every day would be an exciting day. You'd go to work. You know what I mean? Because I, I mean, guess monetizing your passion isn't easy. Monetizing your passion is the latest buzzword. Yeah. And everyone's talking about it and there's all this stuff on the internet, you know, start your own business, monetize your passion, monetize Mm. what you're good at. And I think it's a beautiful thing. It's great, but it's not as easy as what people think it is. No, it's not easy. But I I think it's worth the rewards. You know what I mean? But whether you're an entrepreneur or you want to work somewhere, you should do what you love. Because at the end of the day, you become what you do every day. So the yeah. ends never justify the means. They mm. don't. Because if you do something that you is not you for long enough, it's going to become you. Yeah. So if you think you can work in a job that you hate for 30 years just so you can retire and do something you love, you're totally mistaken because you're not going to know how to have fun. You know what I mean? If you don't have fun while you're doing it. Because you become what you do on a daily basis. So because of that... Or it's re- a bit like people who are, they're working really hard in their job and then they can't quit. They Even, can't. No, and they can't. it's like they've been working their whole life to quit. But when it comes to actually quitting, they yes. just can't bring themselves to do it. That's right. Which is... Which, emotionally. No, emotionally. too caught up. And the problem is, I mean, most people, when they retire, they don't live long, they die. Because... There's something missing there, right? Yeah. So really, I think you've sort of hit the nail on the head. You don't want to work really hard so you can quit. <laughs> you want to work hard, something that you love doing, so you don't have to quit. Mm. Because um, I think the whole idea of working 40 years in the same company and then retiring, it's sort of become redundant in our society now. Absolutely. It certainly has. And I think... Um, the ends don't justify the means and what you do on a daily basis really makes who you are. So it's very important Because you need carefully. to be fulfilled and have a sense of fulfillment and that's going to make you happy. You're on this earth for a short time, so why not do something you're really passionate but about? But most people are happier when they have a purpose. That You know what? You hit the nail on the head. Brilliant stuff. We're going to give you a high five for that <laughs> one. Um, purpose. So you need to have a purpose that you're spending your time doing. To be happy and feel like fulfilled. I, I think having a purpose is so important. And that's what happened to me. I lost my purpose when I retired. Right. Right? Yeah. So what I did is I got sick of the rat race. I retired 
And I was lucky because I had quite a few properties and I was making money every week anyway. So, so retirement's not all that it's cracked up to be, it's apparently. It's not. <laughs> I, I, I had a lot of fun. I travelled and did a lot of crazy stuff, but I didn't have a purpose. And not yeah. having a purpose, um, it sort of um, wasn't good. I guess you sort of feel a bit empty, really. You do. You do. Yeah. But I, I find in my life what I do is I work hard, then I quit and do nothing for a while. And then I rediscover myself and do it again. So I, I have those stages anyway. So I've done this a number of times now. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's not the first time I'm retired. <laughs> I've done it before. But this time I'm retired with a lot more money, that's all. Um, but I find that reinvigorate myself and find my purpose again. And that's the most exciting part. When you're building something, you've got a purpose and mm. you've got a really strong will to create something. Absolutely. You know what I mean? You don't have to do this. But... If your purpose includes helping other people and making the world a better place, Absolutely. then it's pretty awesome. It's a win-win for everyone. Well, well, I guess speaking from my personal experience, I wasn't. I became happier when I had a purpose and I knew what that purpose was. So I guess you've got to figure that out as well. That's right. You don't want to go to Mars anymore, do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't you, want to go to Mars anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's another podcast anyway, so going to Mars. But I guess what people could do to figure out their purpose would go back to goals again. Well, goal I, I think I think go the goals and finding out who you are is very important. Hmm. And what happens with goals, the funny thing is, and the more times you do it, the better you become at it. Yeah. The clearer you are. Because goals, see a lot of people go, well, you know, because your goals don't say the same. They change. That's a good Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Oh, my goals is, have changed so for sure. What this. you have, you have certain goals. And as you get closer, you can see a better vision and therefore you can readjust them. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. It's actually a good thing because yeah. you want to readjust because sometimes you think, A, this is a goal, but then you realize, no. You it's know what I mean? Really, yeah. Yeah, because when I was younger, you know what I mean? I had different goals than now mm. because what happens is as you mature, you know, because now I'm not materialistic. Oh, absolutely. I'm the same. Like, I care more, a lot more now about um, the planet and the environment and totally. the animals and things like that. Whereas, uh, probably five years ago, my goals might have been quite materialistic. And the reason the reason a lot of people have materialistic goals is because we've got television advertising We live constantly. in a capitalist society. But we've got television and everything else brainwashing you going you want this to be happy you want this you want to decide so you think you oh this. when i buy this gucci handbag or whatever oh, it's going to make me happy well, but how long it does that happiness actually last for isn't well, it about six months didn't they say if you've got some materialistic goal okay they, they did they did a they did a study and actually it wasn't about materialistic goals what happened was they did a very interesting study where they 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 looked at the difference between winning the lottery and becoming a paraplegic Okay. Right. Two very diverse yes. outcomes. Now, now, what would you be happier doing? Winning the lottery Obviously or Obviously winning the lottery. That's what we say. It's a bit However, of a no-brainer. Okay. This is what they discovered. They discovered after 12 months, the level of happiness was the same for the paraplegic and the person that won the lottery. That's amazing. Seriously. That's amazing. Um, there was one how? guy. How, how is that possible? Yeah. Because everyone's got a baseline happiness. Right. And your baseline happiness is what it is. And you create whatever you have to create. If you're positive enough, and that'd be a horrible thing to do, becoming a paraplegic, but if you're positive enough, you'd find a way of living your life through that. And if you're not happy enough, winning a, winning millions of dollars and spending it on cars ain't going to make you happy. 
yeah, the, if okay. you know what I'm saying. So that's the thing. So what they discovered is, um, which which was I was amazed about that. It was Dan Gilbert stumbling upon happiness. Great book. I'll put right. it in the show notes. I love that book. It's fantastic. Yeah. And what they found is being happy. And I know a lot of times we get back to this in our podcast because I think it's important is that spending money on experiences and other people is the key to happiness. Absolutely. And that's what I love doing. I love so spending money spending on other people. your time. And money on other people. Spending your money for an experience rather than something yeah. material. And, and I love doing that. The other night I actually got on the internet and I bought you a present. I bought my friend Belinda and Carl a present, and I bought Brad a present. I bought a few people a present yeah. all night. And so I'd what, rather and, spend oh. my time doing something um, fun I enjoy and having that experience to look back on and remember. So I bought everyone because experience. You've got that for the rest of your life. Well, that's what I did. I bought people experiences. Yeah. And I, I had, I had so much pleasure doing it. You know what I mean? And the thing is, it's in the future because I'm taking you to the ballet. Yeah, I can't and wait. <laughs> that's going to be a while, and now we can enjoy the moment of thinking about the future. Yeah, definitely. Because um, you got something to look forward to, I guess, booked in the diary as well. Yeah, in this book on uh, happiness, what they discovered was if you book a holiday or an experience in the future a lot earlier, then you actually get to enjoy the the going towards it as well. Because you're looking forward to that's it. That's right. And you've got so, the excitement building up, looking forward to something. That's right. So time is a funny thing that way. And what they mm-hmm. discovered also, if you go on a holiday, the last day of your holiday, if you do something really good, it makes your whole then holiday. Then you look back and the remember whole the whole holiday, holiday, holiday as being awesome. But if the yeah. last day's shit, then it's going to wreck oh, the holiday wow, for yeah. you. yeah. Okay. They did that with um, pain as well. And... If um, you're going through something through pain, if at the end the pain's less, it diminishes all the other pain as well. Mm-hmm. So it's funny how time and perception changes things. So yeah. I'm really going to put a lot more effort into booking things in the future so I can enjoy the whole future. I more. love looking forward to things. Sometimes I almost get more pleasure out of looking forward to an event actually than actually it. being at the event. Like looking forward to a Christmas party or something like that. Like. I look forward to it and then I get there and I'm like, well, I almost had more fun sort of with the anticipation of the event. I totally agree. I, I, I agree. And I think um, filling your f- future with good things is an amazing way to spend your time. And having something to look Because that to. creates yeah. your time a lot better. And time yeah. goes faster when you're waiting for something good, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. It's funny how um, as a kid, your time just doesn't go fast enough. Because you're like, oh, Christmas, can't wait for Christmas. When's it going to come? Yeah, and as I remember you get looking older, forward to Christmas. It's different, yeah. you know what I mean? What would you say in summary? Basically, spend your time doing what you love. Try to spend more time Try doing to what do you it. love. I, mean, I, I know understand, it's not easy. Because I understand not everyone's got the ability yeah. yet, but it's a matter of And you need to it. get the right balance between, I guess, trading your time for money. And think about time and just remember that it's the most valuable resource we have in the world. It certainly is. I mean... And once it's gone, you can't get it back. Yeah. It's gone forever. We've taken nearly one hour of your time and I hope you got some value out of it. So thank you so much for sharing your time with us and spending your time with us. We really appreciate it because that's probably the most precious thing you can do. And what we want to do with this podcast is give people as much value as we can. Absolutely. If not, a bit of entertainment. <laughs> You're the entertaining one, not me. I'm boring, I know. <laughs> but anyway, um, we look forward to seeing you next podcast. So we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. 
I'm grateful for all our listeners around the world. If you found this podcast valuable, please share with someone that might find this useful and please join our tribe of purpose-driven investors, increasing income and impact in our Facebook group, Positive Property. Please note, we have a multi-million dollar property portfolio and a passive income. I've become incredibly successful at investing in property. The fact of it is, however, many people may find investing in property challenging. It's not easy. It takes a lot of hard work. However, becoming educated to make an informed decision and having the right advisors gives you the tools you need to succeed. The most important part of this formula, however, is to actually take action and apply that knowledge. It is important to understand the information I share is of a general nature only and is not taking into account your unique circumstances. If you're considering investing in any asset class, you need to seek the advice of an independent professional advisor who will be able to look at your specific situation. Be sure your advisor has actually achieved the kind of results you're seeking. Many won't have, so beware. We've taken great care putting those educational resources together. We'd be surprised if you didn't find any errors or omissions. If you do, our legal team says we have to say we're not responsible for those. In fact, as with all things, even your success, we're not responsible. That responsibility always has and always will come down to you and the actions you take. We're passionate about supporting you in that process and helping you increase your ability to create wealth, live the life you desire, and provide all the things you dream of for you and your family.